Hello, and welcome to CineDrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, joined by my cohorts, Nathan. Hi. And Elizabeth. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. So today is really what all of CineDrunk has been leading to. Yeah. Um, we are going to be discussing actresses Woo-hoo. and pitting them against each other because really <laughs> women are always and should be pitted against each other. <laughs> oh, Not true. But um, we are going to do a very special bracket March Madness in May competition between our favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, yeah. We've, of course, there are so many that we had to find a way to just begin to narrow it down. Yeah. So, number one, they have to still be alive. Yeah. They have to still be really still working. Mm-hmm. Some are more than others. Um, and then they also have to be Oscar-nominated. There are many wonderful non-Oscar-nominated movies. Scarlett movies. Mm-hmm. Actresses. Good start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Scarlett Johansson, I'm sorry. You'll get your nom. One um, but for this, we, we've limited ourselves to people who have taken a seat at the Oscars. Yeah. Yes. What are, we, what are we drinking? We're drinking a little number... That I like to call the Jinjin Mule. Mm-hmm. I didn't really make it up, um, but I still like to call it. But by we call its it that because regular that's name. That's its name. <laughs> um, <laughs> it involves two of our favorite libations, gin and ginger beer. Alcoholic ginger beer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, lime juice, simple syrup, and muddled mint. Um, it's really easy. Easy recipe. We'll post it on the on the blog when we post this. So if you're listening to this, you can find the recipe on oh, our blog. Good information. Um, but basically, it's a it's a cocktail shaker shaken drink <laughs> poured over ice and then topped with ginger beer. And we've already had a few. And delicious. it is. Quite delectable. It really is. Especially it's warm outside. This is a good summer drink. Yeah. I'm ready for summer movie season. But before we even get there, we were discussing our favorite things. Not only do we love movies and love the Oscars, but... We um, love cheese. So we're also eating... Um, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're eating eating four different cheeses and um, some Sevillian lemon olives, which are delicious. But they are fine. You don't want me to talk about it, so... No, you can't. This is Cinemunch. We are munching on, on delicious things. Um, very quickly, we're having an aged cheddar, Cabot Cloth-bound cheddar from Vermont, um, from aged at the cellars at Jasper Hill. And we're having Moses Sleeper, which is a Brie-style cheese, also from the cellars at Jasper Hill. We're having Winkle Goat Gouda, which is an aged goat's milk cheese that's sweet and candy-like. Delicious. Just like Gouda's. And we're having um, Millstone, which is a Swit- uh, cheese from Switzerland, cow's milk, semi-soft, um, very cave-like. And That's what she said. Yeah. Oh, well, she did. Um, <laughs> it's forgiving, but also holds a grudge. So 
Well, this is going to be a lengthy podcast. We'll probably split it into maybe three parts. But before we come back for the second or third part... But aren't you glad I added the cheese? I am going to make you assign an actress that corresponds to each of these cheeses. Mm. Oh, gosh. Maybe a little little challenge. No, no, no. Before we get to part two or three. Okay. Whenever we pause. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you some time to think about it. Otherwise, you'll assign Clea Duvall for all four, I'm sure. (laughs) That's true. Who, sadly, due to lack of Oscar nomination, could not be a part of this um, particular bracket. I protested, but... What can you do? deaf ears. Anyhow, so we love actresses. I love acting and great performances. It's not a genre, but my favorite genre of movie is ensemble. Just get... Mm. excuse me, talented people together, bounce off each other, love it. So we have several, several women. And do you um, want to talk about the actress sexual at all? Yes. I think now would be a great time. I think now would be a good time for us to all come out as actress sexuals. I'm absolutely an actress sexual. It is a a real thing. I believe coined by Nathaniel Rogers, who runs the awesome site, thefilmexperience.net. If you haven't gone there, not only for your Oscar news, but any movie news or just general life Terrific. blogging, it's uh, great. And he's got a great collection of writers and um, lots of different subsections of of the industry um, writings there. And I feel like almost more so than family and friends, he is, his site has influenced my movie going and my tastes more than any other. So means a lot. And when he first brought out the term actress sexual, it was like, ding, that is me. Yeah. And I feel like that describes all three of us. Yeah. So what better Whoa. podcast, what better bracket than to talk about actresses? Yeah. Cheers to Nathaniel Rogers and actress sexuals the world over. And ladies. And actresses. Yeah, and the actresses themselves. Are I the object of the Sexual feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and without... So we split up our, uh, our way too many. We couldn't narrow it down to just 32 to do a seated 32 bracket. We've got six groups of eight women that we split up into six subcategories, including Oscar faves, indie queens, the new wave, old Brits. You'll hear them all. But we're going to start with the Oscar faves, which will include a lot of your faves, my faves, and more importantly, Oscars. Favorite favorite ladies. Favorite ladies. All right, I'm going to go ahead and start us off. So our first matchup is between reigning champion Julianne Moore, also known at the film experience as God. (laughs) Correct. And, uh, ooh, Uh this one stings, Kate Winslet. Oh, no. Yikes. Kate Winslet versus Julianne Moore. Like an MTV celebrity death match. I remember that show. <laughs> well, I think I can start this one. All right. Because I am of a generation younger than the two of you. Oh, by like by two years. one year and two years, respectively. <laughs> um, and really for that reason, this is hard to choose between these two. But yeah. I think just based solely on my actual film-going experiences... Which films I've actually seen, I have to go with Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a diehard Titanic supporter to the end of time, regardless of what anyone says. Me too. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. And uh, not to mention Eternal Sunshine, um, Heavenly Creatures. That's yeah. her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
all that jazz. Whereas Julianne Moore, there are some key titles I just haven't seen, which is my bad, but, you know, sucks for you, Julianne. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I'm struck by how actually similar these two are, and that's why I'm having a hard time. Because I keep trying to go through all the things I could evaluate them on. And one, you know, at first I was like, well, Kate Winslet tends to be like so performative that I don't necessarily always think of her as a naturalistic actress. But then you look at something like Eternal Sunshine and it's so lived in and real feeling and apart. Spontaneous and exciting, which Julianne Moore can do. And Julianne Moore can also do over the top and very performative, very theatrical. Yeah. They're also very... um, open to different challenges like they're not snobs about the type of movies and the type yeah. of risks or that they'll do or appearances yeah. they're both very brave with their bodies i mean julianne moore and shortcuts or kate winslet, kate winslet and, and holy smoke holy, right exactly yeah. so it's it's so difficult and kate winslet has you know sort of the the british thing for me which is always exciting right um but then julianne moore is like redhead woman of a certain age she didn't have her breakthrough until she was 30 which is awesome oh that's really hard it is and i'm trying to think of their whole career or right. just like a pair the actress down right rather than like how i'm feeling now and right now in this moment i feel i could go with julianne more because kate winslet is kind of like everyone's kind of over her oscar's kind of over her right. she's waiting for a, a comeback and like once she got her oscar she kind of faded away for a little bit yeah hasn't had as many successes but i feel like i would also have to go Ooh. with kate winslet okay only because also because i'm a super titanic fan and like no one can top like that stretch of like yeah. winning films and performances that she had from like 94 yeah starting with beautiful creatures and sense of sensibility through really heavenly I guess, creatures right or heavenly, heavly creatures, creatures. Okay. Did, oh no did i, I say was beautiful actually creatures? right <laughs> beautiful. i just had to oh, point no. it out because Lund- i was writing gin gin mule <laughs> yikes um but this is an i mean this i feel like this bracket of eight women is going to be maybe the toughest because yeah. they're some of the best of the best. Also just very prolific. That too, for sure. Um, well, I guess Kate Winslet wins. Did Kate Winslet you wins. A, did you settle on a vote? Uh, you, you know, I actually, in the end, I think I would have to go with Kate Winslet only because I actually think in some ways Julianne Moore is the more skilled actress. Yes. But I don't think that there's any one Julianne Moore performance that I'm as passionate about or that moved me as deeply as... Eternal Sunshine. I think that might be it for me, And I think, I mean, for me, Titanic is a non-factor because I don't (laughs) like that movie. Um, But but Kate Winslet also has, I think she's the perfect, um, how did I just forget? Marianne in Sense and Sensibility. And I love Sense and Sensibility. And I mean, I can't reread that book without picturing her performance. It was just so, so she has like a couple of like, definitive performances to me in a way that Julianne Moore doesn't, even though Julianne Moore be maybe a slightly... Yeah, I think Julianne Moore is more fearless, too. Like, okay. she's missed, but she's still, like, swinging for the rafters. Right. And Kate Winslet feels very mannered sometimes. Yes. yes. Even watching Eternal Sunshine 
like a year ago, roughly around the time of its one year anniversary, I was more taken with Jim Carrey's performance than I was with hers. But I'm still just going with nostalgia, and that that gives it to Kate. What do we got? Okay, so next we have Jessica Lange. Mm -hmm. It's an old Oscar favorite. Two-time winner. Supporting and lead. And Diane Keaton. Ooh. Couple oldies. Oh, boy. Well, you already know what I'm voting for. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Lang. Uh, Jessica Lang for me. Diane Keaton. No thank you. <laughs> End of story. Burn. Well, I'm definitely going with Diane Keaton. I love Diane Keaton. I think she is one of a kind. And... <laughs> The fact that she's able well, to that's, sustain... That's inarguable. Yeah, I mean, the fact that she's been able to... I mean, she started with, you know, like, The Godfather and, yeah. like, seamlessly seems to also be Annie Hall. And, I, you know, she... Yeah. She's had such a diverse career for not being a diverse actress. Not at all. <laughs> um, and I just... I mean, not only that, but I love her personality, too. She's no. quirky and... Well, crazy is maybe a better word, but... But she's... Mm, mm. I don't know. I'm just not a huge Jessica Lange supporter. But well, even still, I'm, I'm a big Diane Keaton fan. Yeah. You know, it's funny is, again, these two seem in a strange way sort of like our previous matchup well-suited in that I don't think either of them have much range beyond what they do well. Mm. Jessica Lange sort of plays the Jessica Lange characters really well, and Diane Keaton plays the Diane Keaton characters really well. That's true. And I feel like I'm... So Sort of with Nathan, and then I find Diane Keaton kind of annoying in real life. But then if we're going back to just, like, performances that I ultimately, like, Annie Hall is, you know, maybe my top ten movies of all time, and she's so well-suited to that movie. Um, One of my, like, it's not really a guilty pleasure, but one of my, like, favorite comedies is Manhattan Murder Mystery, and I think she's (laughs) so hilarious in that. And then, I mean, I think we all know that First Wives Club is, like... My jam. A classic. Yeah. Someday I will get you guys <laughs> drunk enough that you will allow me to record a podcast where we just act out the First Wives Club. <laughs> so I think because I have more like movies that she's been in that I love, I'm going to go with Diane Keaton. All right. Fair enough. That Diane, one was a challenging one as well. It was difficult. Only four more ladies in the bowl. Oscar favorites. <laughs> and then five more categories. Hey. Uh, we've got Nicole Kidman. Versus Kate Blanchett, Aussie, <laughs> Aussie Showdown for the gods, Boy. for the ages. I, I, so I can't. Hard. This is really, really hard. Part of the reason why we did this Oscar phase category was basically these eight women would probably like. Well, not so much Jessica Lange or Diane Keaton. Okay, fine. The other ones. Several of the yeah. women in in this in this. A field of eight would bulldoze over a lot of the other women. So we were like, nope, we've got to pit them against each other and see who emerges victorious. Aussie Showdown, Kate Blanchett, Nicole Kidman. Who's it going to be? Okay, well, I'll start us off. I think in some ways, I think uh, Nicole Kidman is the more adventurous performer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she can also be the one who feels more spontaneous. I feel like Kate Blanchett can often be very studied. Mm. Then again, I also think that Kate Blanchett is the more consistent performer. True. Because Nicole Kidman can sometimes be the worst thing in a project she's in. 
Right. Maybe not the worst thing, but like <laughs> she can be straight. And I feel like Kate Blanchett is always the best thing in whatever project she's in. She's a lot more discerning with her taste and what projects Correct. she's picking. Yeah. Um, but I sort of don't know which one to reward. So by start us off, I mean not actually start us off, but I do, and I'm actually kind of surprising myself. I was head over heels in love with Moulin Rouge, and that's part of the reason why I found the film experience um, with mm-hmm. Annie Rogers, because he was also uh, head over heels in love with the movie, and Nicole Kidman is fantastic in it, and if you go back, I'd love to die for, you know, the hours. Yeah. And she's so prolific that it's easy to pick out really great performances of hers. It's also easy to pick out utter crap. Totally. <clears throat> um, and uh, another point in Nicole's favor is I've never seen Elizabeth. Oh my god, it's so good. I can't believe that you... I know, call, so I would... I can't believe that you dare call yourself an actress sexual and you have not and seen I Elizabeth. Seen, I've seen Elizabeth the Golden Age, but that doesn't count because no. Snooze Fest and all Snooze Fests. Um, <laughs> so I didn't really get the camp, Kate Blanchett mania for a while because I hadn't seen that and she, I mean, after that it was what, like the shipping news and... Right. Some other but Bandits, small films. which I, I adore Bandits. Um, I'm actually going to go with Kate Blanchett, though. Nice. And I think it's maybe the consistency that's working in her favor and probably Blue Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Like, without that, I would maybe be like, eh, you know, because she went away for a while. Right. And I really, really, really do have a big place in my heart for Nicole Kidman for lots of different movies. Uh, so many. Once again, if we hadn't put all these Oscar faves, the, these could easily be our top, like, four Eight. Yeah, including like what Batman Forever is that? Which one? Oh, I is? love her. Yeah, in that. she's so sexy. <laughs> she is. Wow. Narrowly, Kate Blanchett for me. For me, I feel like these two actresses are like water and wine. Oh. Kate Blanchett is wine, and pretty much you know she has that refined sense about her and in the projects that she chooses and in the way that she's arguably even more of an oscar favorite than nicole kidman probably just because nicole kidman does more stuff Mm -hmm. or has been has a longer track record at least in my i could be wrong but that's how i think about them um but she's also like you say consistent i think that's a that's key you know at least, you know, there's going to be some alcohol in whatever wine you drink. <laughs> That's true. Even if it's bad alcohol. Whereas Nicole Kidman, you know, she's a sustaining life force as water <laughs> is. But sometimes the water's poison with arsenic <laughs> or sulfur and it just smells rotten. Um, and for me... It be like swamp water. Swamp Swamp water, yes. For me, if I'm going to choose water or wine, I'm always going to choose wine. So, wow. so me. Well, she's already won, but I, it's, once again, I think I would ultimately go with Blanchett, even though, I mean, I'm so, so thankful that we have actresses like, like Nicole Kidman, um, who are making interesting Oh yeah! Exciting choices, even if it's swamp water in the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lots I mean, Kate you. Blanchett is just the and the consistency and yet different performances. It's you know they both can, have a lot of range. 
Yes. For sure. She can swing for the rafters, but she makes do... it work in a way that Nicole Kidman can't always make it work. That's true. In the performance. Kate she Blanchett can, play can big. better like judge how her performance is coming across, probably, right. within a project. And I also think the tone of a project. So, like, I think of that scene in the first Lord of the Rings movies where, you know, she has, she gets challenged by the ring or whatever, and it's so big, but she understands the world within she's working. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that Nicole Kidman always understands the ultimate tone and world within she's working. Which could be, again, just down to, like, she's picking poor projects with maybe a poor director who can't articulate that to his actress. Correct. But good for both of them. Yep. They are They're both gold amazing. stars, winners in our book, <laughs> Wine Beats Water. And our final matchup of this category, which is funny because it's what we joked the category would be, it is Meryl Streep. Who? Yeah. I think she's had a few nominations under her belt against the recent nomination queen, <laughs> Amy Adams. Oh. oh. Well, I do love Amy Adams, but... Meryl. Meryl it is. I do not love Amy. I will say I loved her in Her mm-hmm. a loved couple her. years ago. I mean, she has, honestly, I think I would like Amy Adams more if it weren't for the fact that she's been nominated for so many Oscars in recent years. Feelingly undeserved. And then because she's I almost her picking projects based on Oscar. Ba- or, the, or at least that's the those Baby. are the roles she's being offered. Right. Which I, I don't blame her for taking those roles, and I don't hold any of her nominations against her, even though some may be more deserved than others. Right. But you can't really go... Of, of the eight women in this category, you can't pit her against Meryl Streep and expect <laughs> a challenge, unfortunately. Meryl it is. Meryl it is. Let's uh, knock these four ladies down to two, shall we? Perfect. All right, go ahead. We've got Kate Winslet, Ooh. Diane Keaton, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep. Randomly drawn again. Who versus who? Whom? Excuse me. We got Kate Blanchett again. That was your Australian accent, right? <laughs> and Kate, with a K, Winslet. Battle of the Kates. Yikes. Uh... <laughs> this is so hard. I don't know what we were thinking. Um, okay, I'll go first. As much as my childhood owes Kate Winslet, I think I just have to go with Kate Blanchett. I think she's just, I think there's something to be said for being discerning and for being selective as well. And Kate mm-hmm. Winslet loses some points recently for the Divergent Insurgent series. I know we all <laughs> gotta make those paychecks, but I also just haven't been inspired by a Kate Winslet movie in some time. That's true. I feel like throughout their careers, they've always been pitted against each other, maybe because of their name and because they were both sort of Oscar darlings around the same time period. Right. And I was always, again, probably because I hadn't seen Elizabeth and I was slow to the Kate Blanchett Express, I was always siding with Kate Winslet. So I think I just have to stick with that for consistency's sake on my my own part. Fair enough. Kate Winslet has the Titanic of it all. Kate versus Kate, what you got, Nathan? Ah, it's <laughs> my thoughts much. exactly. Um, I think it's kind of my f- kind of my failing as a moviegoer, in part. But I have to go with Kate Winslet. Mm. That's fair. 
Um, All's fair in actor sex. Part of it is just that I've seen her best work, and I haven't seen all of Kate's best work. Other other Kate, Kate with a C. <laughs> I could hear the pronunciation. <laughs> okay, so we have two left. Meryl Streep versus Diane Keaton. Marvin's Room Reunion. Ooh. Trivia. For me, this is really easy. Just for range sake alone, it has to be Meryl Streep. Yeah, I yeah. will agree. Mary Louise Streep. Agreed. Uh, meaning our final two in the Oscar faves category. Is it Meryl Streep or is it Kate Winslet? I feel like this could probably have been chiseled in stone before we ever even began, but... I gotta stick with Queen Meryl. Oh, see, I'm the flip. Really? Yep. I think... Even though you said Kate Blanchett over Kate Winslet. I did, but I would have picked Kate Blanchett over Meryl Streep. Oh. And it, part of it is, you know, I, I have seen Meryl's earlier work, which is extraordinary. Maybe if I had watched more of that more recently. But in her more recent work, I can just always see the work that's gone into it. Hmm. She's amazing, but very little of it feels spontaneous and exciting in the way that Kate Winslet still feels... I mean, they're both very studied, not particularly naturalistic actresses. Um, but I think even in the potential that like Kate Winslet could just be bad or make a weird... She's a little bit of the Nicole Kidman of like, she could do something really weird, make a really weird choice. I feel like Meryl's the same way. I, I don't know. I she feel like they both have choices, really but... great instincts, both of them. Yes. And I feel like the only thing that's not surprising about Meryl is that she's always great. Even if it's not great, she's... Hope Springs I, would beg to She's different. not always she's, great. Though. No, she is. I know. Even I like, Nathan. no, 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 no. I think she always, always is. Well, you better unchisel that stone because... No, I stop it. No, no, no. What? No, 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 no. What? Kate Winslet, write it down. And honestly, <laughs> there are many reasons, but part of it is... You know, these actresses benefit from the Oscars. I mean, we're in the Oscar faves category. contingent mm -hmm. category. Um, but I think being an Oscar favorite can also work against you. And in Meryl's right. case, enough is enough. Listen, it's we're not just going based on that. No, 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 no. Yes, because this is the Oscars. I, <laughs> I'm a voting I, member. <laughs> I just think... That has drawn my attention. I'm just trying to get into my head where to figure out why I would choose Kate, but I honestly would. Um, but I think part of it might be because we've had our our faces shoved in all of Meryl's work pretty much every year, every other year for the past 30 years. Yeah, she's yeah. a little bit of the Amy Adams's it's, syndrome. It's a little you know, unfair, certainly. I mean, it, it's a lot unfair. I mean, she's. And she's a superb actress, but she just, she just, she's overrated. Well, what I was going to say before you both sort of overruled me was besides, you know, it being consistent that I think she's always great, I feel like I am constantly surprised by her and the choices she makes because I think she has such great natural instincts, even if it doesn't always come across as naturalism because the characters she plays aren't always right. supernaturalistic or the film she's in. I still think her instincts are better than absolute anyone. 
that's a working film actress out there. Maybe, but that doesn't mean... She might have great instincts, but that doesn't mean that I prefer watch... Again, this is so... You know, this is like talking about one amazing wine versus another amazing wine. So yeah. I don't mean to say that I don't love Meryl Streep, because I do, but I'm not always ultimately as moved or excited about her choices. She might make mm. great choices, but they don't move me. They don't affect me personally. And I feel like Kate Winslet has had performances that like affect me deeply and resonate in a way that, I mean, looking back to films of Meryl's in like the 70s, mm-hmm. I, I wish she would do like a Kramer versus Kramer, like something, you know yeah. what I mean? Or like, right. or even no, like a, a comedy that wasn't like, she's doing an accent and singing and not, which I love Meryl singing and accents, but like. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm also so... just, I think it's, Meryl has become like her own worst enemy and that every time she does a movie, it can't just be a human. It needs to be, she's disappearing into this character right. so much so that she's like, she's like Johnny Depp except with talent. Burn. It's like so much is paid, a, so much attention is drawn to her range and that, Correct. Every character is so different and you can pinpoint, oh, like for a while in the 80s, she was like the accent queen. Like every film had a different accent and she can master them amazingly. Right. But I think once you distill it down and break away all of that and what is celebrated about Meryl now, again, you go back to those movies in the 70s, like Deer Hunter, Kramer versus Kramer. Um, She... Silkwood. I mean, that's not the 80s. Oh my God, Silkwood. Yes, yes, yes. Silkwood, a thousand times Silkwood. Yeah. She. <laughs> oh boy. I feel like, but once you but take away take away the range, she is still a fun, or she is first and foremost a phenomenal. Actress. I mean, again, we're talking about yeah the best of the best, the best of the I best. Know. But I, I think you know, as with any of our podcasts, ultimately it comes down to the more personal choice. And I think for Nathan and I, the more personal choice is Kate Winslet. Agreed. Two things. One, if they were restaurants. Meryl Streep would be the technical, you know, postmodern, um, <laughs> you know, everything in its place and perf- perfect overpriced, of course, restaurant. <laughs> Whereas Kate Winslet would be the place you go the dive bar to really feel. Yeah, but they might have like adventurous things that don't always work. And... Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The place All you right. go to really feel alive and connected to food and to each other to whoever you're eating with um and then the second thing is that if if today they it was announced that meryl was heading a film and and kate was a lead in in another film hands down what am i going to go to first kate's film yeah what am i going to be more interested in seeing so all right that's what it is well well there she be kate winslet winning our first round the oscar faves moving on to the uh opposite of that we have the new wave so again our um criteria they do have to be oscar nominated so a lot of these uh next eight women are recently oscar nominated or they're still we're almost grading them more on their potential like they haven't necessarily peaked yet and we are hoping to see many more great things performances from them indeed our first matchup being uh, Saoirse Ronan, yes, or Saoirse Ronan, <laughs> as they like to say nowhere, Swarcy, Swarcy, Swarcy Ronan, versus 
Anne Hathaway. Mmm. Who has maybe peaked, but still. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's not split hairs. Ooh. Um, well, is, go ahead, Nathan. This is a good matchup, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to have to go with Anne Hathaway on the basis of my love for Anne Hathaway. <laughs> valid, valid unapologetic mine too um particularly for movies like rachel getting married which is i think her best um totally because it totally fits her mm-hmm. as a as a human being so she didn't have to do much acting <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm also I'm also interested when I watch her on screen. I'm always intrigued by what what she's doing. Um, and Swarsha Shirsha. Shirsha. Um, I'm very excited to see what she does in the future, but she loses out this time. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of an unfair matchup. I mean, one's an Oscar winner, multiple nominee, who's, you know, got several years on Seriously. the other. But... Um, I'm well, also I should go probably with... go before you go, Matt. Okay. Because mm-hmm. oh, you, you're a half a hater. I'm not a half a hater. Well, full disclosure, <laughs> I first off, I think the thing that Anne Hathaway has going for her the most is I think she has legitimate star presence mm-hmm. in a way that film in general has kind of moved away from. The sort of like megawatt, yes. like yep. personality, like the Meg Ryans, the Julia Roberts, the Sandra Bullock, the... Charisma. I think she has that totally. Um, I also then have to separate my own feelings about Anne Hathaway from her. One is I did not like Les Miserables, and I did not like her performance in that movie. I thought her one number was really great and honest and raw, but the rest of the performance was so phony and full of shit that it was like infuriating to me and then she did this thing which is like my pet peeve as a woman which is infantilizing yourself and that entire oscar campaign she infantilized herself i can even get over the like theatrical because she's very theatrical she's like she's such a theater she's kid. such a musical theater baby which i can also relate to but then i have a like self-loathing of my own musical theaterness that yeah. like irritates me about her but like i can forgive that the thing that I couldn't forgive during that season was the, like, I'm such a little girl. That, mm-hmm. especially because she's actually a very smart, articulate woman. woman, And yeah. she made herself not that to win. So that's where my half the hate comes from, but that's not <laughs> what this category is about. So I need to separate myself from that. This is about performance. But I also think that most of her performances, with the exception of Rachel getting married, which again, I think is largely just her just coast on her charm and presence in the way she pops on film. Whereas like Saoirse Ronan is so young, but she's so different from film appearance to film appearance. I mean, her and Hannah could not be more opposed to her in atonement or her in as terrible as it was. And she wasn't even that good in it. The host, which was an awful, awful movie, but it was like, she, it's weird because we're almost doing like a chameleon actress against someone who largely just coasts on being Anne Hathaway. Um, But just being doesn't appeal to me as much as can take on different things. So I'm going to vote for Saoirse Ronan. And it doesn't actually have to do with my 
half a hate because I think she has her many merits. I'm coming back around on Hathaway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She did her best with that terrible monologue she was given in Interstellar. I thought she was good in that movie, despite it. Like I, I, so I'm actually not being a half a hater here. I just think that again, it's more. It's like a Julia Roberts type thing where I appreciate it, but when I'm putting her up against someone who I think has ostensibly just more talent and skill, I'm gonna pick the person with more talent and skill. I don't necessarily disagree that maybe ten years from now I would pick Saoirse Ronan, but I think you just have to based on what's out there right now. And it's, certainly Saoirse has a lot of potential. I'm really excited for Brooklyn. That, yeah. I, mean, I think that's positioned for Oscars, you know, November, December release, something like that. Yeah. Um, more power to her. I really love her. But And this comes down to, and I think why maybe Kate Winslet made it as far as she did. For me, if you're in one movie that like stabs me in the gut and I love it, I'm going to forever root for you. You have a place Fair. in my heart, which is... Going back to, again, the film experience. When Heath Ledger died, I was like, why is this affecting me so much? And it was just this simple, like, couple-sentence thing that Nathaniel at the film experience had posted about how because of Brokeback Mountain, he was forever rooting for Heath Ledger. Even right. if it was, like, a bad performance, you know, you're right. still, like, they've you've already, like, fallen in love with that performance or that performer. Well, honestly, that's how I feel a little bit about two actresses, one who will come up in this category and one who unfortunately doesn't have an Oscar nomination, but like Scarlett Johansson mm -hmm. because of Lost in Translation, I've been rooting for her oh, for 10 years. Because of Ghost World. I love Go her. Well, yeah, yeah, which was after Lost in Translation, right? Before. Oh, it was before. Um, and then also Keira Knightley. Like I loved her so much in Pride and Prejudice that I'm like always rooting for her. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they, I mean, I think they're both super talented, but so I understand that. I do understand yeah. that. So that for me gives Anne Hathaway the edge, um, similar to Heath Ledger, uh, because of Brokeback Mountain and not because I think she's fantastic in the movie, but because the movie affected me so much Right. and I could go back and rewatch those scenes with her on the phone with, um, Heath near the end and her clearing her throat thing and just a whole story about how she got the role and Ang Lee didn't know about princess diaries or who she was which i haven't even seen the princess diaries though i have seen the sequel on a plane which gagged me with a spork and no. gouge out my eyes oh, but no. um even besides that i yeah rachel getting married really anything i'm i'm on board anne hathaway's rocket to deep space great and moving on we have emma stone hmm. Versus Carrie Mulligan. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I'll go first. This one is easy for me. I love Emma Stone. I think she's, again, she's someone who has like star power, charisma, but for me it has to be Carrie Mulligan. Um, just, just from, if we're talking about from existing work and I think potential and... Um, <laughs> the cats are very excited about this matchup. And just versatility, everything is Carrie Mulligan. I mean, just for an education and uh, shame alone, if none of her other performances, which, again, I all really like. Also, she has a special, full disclosure, it's not film, but I saw her in The Seagull, oh. and she was one of the most amazing Ninas I've ever seen in my life, and, and found a way to make that monologue about being the seagull work in a way I had never seen before. She's extraordinary, so Carrie Mulligan. And Tony nominated again this yep. season. Uh, well, I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to go with Emma Stone, actually. Mm. I I think partially there was such hype around Carrie Mulligan and an education, like before the movie even came out, right. that by the time I saw it, 
Well, as much as I really did like her in that movie and Rosamund Pike, my God, I love Rosamund Pike. Oh, that movie. Yeah, I was so underwhelmed by that movie that I just kind of like held a grudge against her. Oh, that movie spoke to me. But then she. Terrible accent. All right, but then she totally won me over with shame. I think I would have maybe given her the Oscar that year for supporting actress. I think she's fantastic in that movie, and just the dichotomy of those two. Not that she's the range is so different, but the roles are so different, and she brings such a different energy and such a different life to both those performances. I mean, go back and watch Pride and Prejudice, where she's Kitty, the silly, totally goofy, like airhead sister drive inside Lewin Davis I think she has range and she's gonna be she's gonna continue to get great work and we will we have yet to see her like definitive performance yeah um but I there's something about Emma Stone that just from the get-go from super bad I mean I love like, as I a do, supporting again, actor, I love and it's similar to the what you're saying about Anne Hathaway it's just charisma and like she just radiates that on screen yeah. and she's such a great celebrity just oh, totally. outside of the the work she does on screen I, like, Easy A is such a mediocre film that's, like, elevated, not just by her performance, but her performance right. especially, is really fantastic. Yeah. And she's, and I didn't even like her in Birdman. I would not have nominated her no, for Birdman. No, she was my least favorite. But I, I feel like Carrie Mulligan is consistently delivering in a way that I, I know we're, we're we've yet to see something that's going to be great. And Emma Stone... I will consistently be rooting for her potential because I think she is like a new wave. Well, that's this category, new wave. She's a new wave Hollywood star. Not just actress, but she's a star. I agree. Narrowly, I'm rooting Emma Stone. Break this tie. Which is why I want to be friends with Emma Stone, but throw my vote towards Carrie Mulligan. And that's a great way to put it. Um... And really, for me, it's it's shame, which has been mentioned. Mentioned, but her, I also did not like an education. Well, I mean, I, it was fine, but I was very disappointed and a little turned off by how kind of excited the mostly male establishment was about this movie. The critics. Yeah, yeah, I can about, see that. I understand that. That that's what kind of put me off too. Um, but she was great, and then in Shame, she was phenomenal. And everything I've seen her in, other than that, she's been just unlookawayable. <laughs> I think also you heard it here first. Full. Carrie Mulligan is unlookawayable. <laughs> I think also full disclosure. I think something that draws me to Carrie Mulligan is that she's very different from the rest of the especially in this category the new age performers and that she is not a personality she's very shy she's not particularly forthcoming in interviews she lives in england she's married but like low profile and even her presence on film like the thing i remember loving so much about an education and also when she was nina is that she's playing these roles that are very much like young woman of coming of age but her presence has a real groundedness in her womanhood rather than her adolescence Mm. and she has a very low voice she pitches very low Mm -hmm. in a way that is not particularly girlish like she has a very i don't know i just feel like hollywood always has this image of like emma stone is and again i love emma stone but she's like what hollywood wants she's like thin and waifish and girlish and and carrie mulligan just has a different energy and and feels more substantial in everything from her presence to her voice to her 
almost self-seriousness that I just really appreciate because it feels so different. So I think that's also part of my love for her. You've all won me over. I mean, Carrie Mulligan is the actress. Emma Stone is the star. Right. Yeah. Continuing on uh, in the new wave bracket, uh, randomly selected, we have Lupita Nyong'o versus Kira Knightley. (laughs) The difficult... Pairing, are difficult to judge the two of them. Yeah. One has a very, very, very limited body of work. Basically one movie. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. Hey, nonstop. (laughs) That's true. Well, I mean, I would go for Kira Knightley. I think this is an unbalanced, or not the most equal matchup because of what you just said. Lupita is brilliant and beautiful and everything. And I can't wait but, for what she has next. Exactly. Especially but her adaptation of I can't really go for her America. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even besides just the pairing, I I think Kira Knightley is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Her career is exciting, especially considering where it started off and what it could have been. Mm-hmm. So good on her. Yeah. Good yeah I think Kira would have done well against anyone. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I also think, I think here is like a blend of everything I've expressed interest in, which is that I think, one, she does have star power mm-hmm. and that natural charisma. And she's also, for me, I know some people don't agree with it. I think she's like, has one of the most extraordinary faces I've ever seen. I love her face. Um, in that it's beautiful, but also distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has like that going for her. She also has the Nicole Kidman you know, swing for the rafters type thing where she makes interesting choices and she's not afraid to take risks and it doesn't always totally work, but I'd rather that than her just like coasting on being Kira Knightley. She doesn't have like a set persona. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she also has grown into a sort of like mature womanhood on film Mm -hmm. that I find really lovely. Can't disagree. But I can't wait to see more of Lupita. And full disclosure, as we go through this list, because of the um, the sort of limitations we set. Unfortunately, this is not a very diverse list, which I think we would all prefer to have more diversity in everything. Right. If we weren't stipulating, if we weren't that, they stipulating that they needed to be Oscar nominated. Right. So I think that's why we were also really excited to include Lupita. Or, but, you know, if we weren't looking at the Hollywood film industry. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's more than no, just No, correct. <laughs> no, it's not just the Oscar limitations, but That's true. that when you add that on top of it, and even the women of color who have been nominated or even won, we also had the thing that they had to still be working, <laughs> yeah. which eliminates so many women of color who have been nominated or won. So, anyway, that was just my little diversity nod. Um, our final matchup of the new wave category is Jennifer Lawrence. Oh no. Versus Jessica Chastain. It's like no, 2013 no. all over again. Oh no. Ugh. Oh my God. <laughs> I, it's also once again, like star power persona versus more versatility. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know for sure. So go. So uh, I would say Jessica Chastain. I love Jennifer Lawrence. Mm -hmm. But this is the 
actress bracket. So I'm focusing on the acting primarily. And even though, you know, I haven't loved everything Jessica, Ch Jessica Chastain has done, I'm, I find it more interesting, more dynamic. Mm. Um, and I find Jennifer Lawrence more interesting as a star. But not even that interesting. I think she's a little overblown. They both are in different ways. In the book, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to swing the opposite way, and I'm going to say Jennifer Lawrence. Um, not just to be contrarian. I uh, <laughs> Important to distinguish. <laughs> important. Um, I think, and I really do love, love both of these women, and I'm so excited for the next... 40 years of their careers. Both 40, 50. Yeah. Like, they, they will be around for their adult lives. Yeah. Um, but I think something that was so exciting about Jessica Chastain was that, I mean, it's almost going to be like Alicia Vikander this year in terms of, like, she had so many movies that were released at one time. Yeah. And they were all so different in terms of showing her. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Alicia Vikander? Can we educate <laughs> the masses? listeners just, like... We educated me. Just <laughs> yes, she was in. Um, well, most recently, X. I want to say Pride and Prejudice, and that's not what it is. No, Kira Knightley. In, um, that's not Atonement. Uh, it was Anna Karenina. Anna Thank Karenina. you. <laughs> <laughs> she was in Anna Karenina. Also plays with Dom. Donald Gleason, yeah. Um, most recently, she was in Ex Machina and was great in that. And then she has like literally six other things coming Seven. out. This year. Seven. She has eight projects in total this year. Really. That's insane. Insanity. Uh, but what was it, 2011, Jessica Chastain's Breakthrough? Yeah. yeah. So she had so many movies that were all so different. Yeah. Not just the movies, but her performances in them that it was like, oh my God. And that, again, is down to the, the Merrill thing of like what's so celebrated about actors right now is disappearing into a role. Like character actors have like lost jobs because now the stars are expected those, to yeah. disappear into a role. Right. And while she was phenomenal at all of them, and I think she's very, very talented and clearly very trained, I think Jennifer Lawrence is also just as talented. And, you know, the fact that she started with, I mean, at least for Oscar purposes, with Winter's Bone right. and not with just the David O. Russell movies, I think really shows that she does have range. She knows, I mean, she radiates not just charisma, but just she, she pops on screen. She really does. Yeah. Um, and she carries the Hunger Games movies, but she can also be funny as fuck in a role that's totally miscast in American Hustle. Oh, she was very miscast, but she totally was wonderful, miscast, and I didn't even mind because she was so Because she's so goddamn good. She brought those bursts of energy that the film always needed at those moments. Yeah. It's it's narrow. It's a narrow victory, but I, I side with, with J-Law. You know, it's so... And I could change my mind in 10 minutes, but it's funny because initially my reaction was to say what Nathan had said in a previous category with Emma Stone and Carrie Mulligan, which is that I want to get a drink, I want to be friends with Jennifer Lawrence, but mm -hmm. I want to choose Jessica Chastain as an actress. Except for, but now I'm like coming back around to, you know, like my Meryl argument, which is that Jessica Chastain is always very... Like, you see her technicality. You see her training, which there's a... I love that, too, but I tend to be really drawn to spontaneous, um, sort of in-the-moment performances, which I think Jennifer Lawrence is such. Like, mm -hmm. there's such an aspect of, like, I don't really know 
what choice she's going to make, and I don't... It's just there's something always unexpected about her presence. Yeah. In a way that I nece- don't necessarily, for example, find with Emma Stone. I think Emma Stone is just very funny and very... Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know that I find that sort of surprise in her performance, which I do in Jennifer Lawrence. So she's not just a star. There's something there to her sort of extreme at times naturalism. Mm-hmm. Even when she's big, there's something natural about it. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. It's hard too because <laughs> I could totally flip their role. Like if you cast Jessica Chastain in a David O. Russell movie, I think she would also be just as great. Totally. And if you cast Jennifer Lawrence in the more like I don't I can't even think of something like that's more like stuffy period piece, which not that Chastain has really done any of those. I mean, Miss Julie, we can't count as a success right. for anyone involved. Well, but like, I don't think I could see Jeff, Jennifer Lawrence doing the role in The Help, which that's the other thing for me. Jessica Chastain had such a, I mean, The Help is such a middling movie, but it has some amazing performances, which is what's so funny about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I, even more than Viola, who I'm sorry, Meryl should have won that year. Yeah. Um, I came out of it just being like, who is this person? Who is Jessica Chastain? Yeah. Ugh. It's, I mean, it really is like a toss of a coin. I don't even know, but because I have to pick in the moment, I'm going to go. No, you know what? I'm going to go Chastain. Chastain. Oh, you were just about to go with Lawrence. I was about to go Jennifer Lawrence. You know what I actually thought of? I thought of X-Men and how she's not great. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I also kind of talked myself into Chastain <laughs> just while I was thinking about flipping their roles and I think Chastain would be totally at home in a David O. Russell movie natural but, like right but I don't think Jennifer Lawrence would be as successful in, in some of like, Chastain's movies I'm also just really excited which for is Christmas really again just <laughs> oh me too which again is really just championing um, range or versatility right. which is not the be all end all but not at all anyhow Anne Hathaway Carrie Mulligan Keira Knightley Jessica Chastain are our top four in New Wave who versus whom? Whom? Whom versus whom? Well, we have Anne Hathaway and Jessica Chastain. Ooh, the Americans versus the Brits. Well, unsurprisingly for me, I'll go first. It's Jay Chassie for me. Me as well. Yep. Yay! Right, Chastain it is. Surprisingly brief for us. It was. Uh, so the Brits, Carrie Mulligan, Kieran Knightley. Oh. I'm going to go Carrie Mulligan. As much as I champion Karen Knightley, and I love her so much, I think for all the reasons I said earlier about Carrie Mulligan just feeling like something that does, even her looks, I mean, and I, she's gorgeous, don't get me wrong, but she is unique. She's interesting looking in a way that I don't think Hollywood gross casting agents usually accept. I, I have to go Carrie Mulligan. I love you. Yeah. I, I love you, KK. Though. I think she's alien in her talent and appearance. Her appearance and her presence. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's Carrie Mulligan for sure. Yeah. So now it's Jade Chassis versus uh, Carrie Mulls. Carrie Mulls. C Mulls. C Mulls and Chassis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they love love those nicknames. Uh, I'm going to go with Chastain. I am very unfairly, having seen both of them on the stage, in the Mm -hmm. heiress, in the seagull, 
I'm going with Carrie Mulligan, especially because I saw Carrie Mulligan in The Seagull before An Education came out. So at that point, I had only seen her ever before in Pride and Prejudice, and I became obsessed. It was maybe my favorite perform. It's one of my favorite performances I've ever seen on stage. And Jessica Chastain didn't. She actually wasn't as good on stage as she was on film. And I know that this is a film. I know that this is a film thing, but because they're both so great, I'm going to go to that. So I'm going to go Mulligan. Break this tie, Nathan. I'm usually really annoyed by people who are critical darlings, but both of these women kind of are. (laughs) Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not annoyed by either. (laughs) Um, I I have to go with my heart, and my heart beats to the Mulligan drum. Wow. Carrie Mulligan. You and I might be actress sexual soulmates. I know. Might be. We are... I, am I think also one thing that pushes it over the edge is the, the category, which I, know, I realize right. is kind of... Ageist? No, well, <laughs> yeah. It's ageist and, you know, we just kind of made it up on the fly. Um, but, yeah. There Carrie you Mulligan. go. It is. Carrie Mulls. And that concludes part one of our actresexual smackdown. Uh, we had Kate Winslet win in our Oscar faves bracket and Carrie Mulligan win in our new wave bracket. We've got four more coming at you. Join us for parts two and three soon to come and pour yourself a drink. Or, or three. several. Or I think we're on like six at this point. Yeah. So. Cheers. Actresses. Yay. Yay.